Mass Edge Radio. Commence broadcast in three. You're listening to The Edge, everything bass fishing, coming to you worldwide from Megaware Kill Guard Studios. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells rock. Here we are, Aaron, rocking into the December 15th show. We're cutting it up here, brother. We've, we've got a lot going on. Busy time of year. Christmas right around the corner. But, uh, man, we got lots of things going on in this episode, and we have a very exciting guest in this episode as well. We do, and uh, a lot of exciting things going on. I don't know whether to ask you if you're excited that the F45 challenge is over, has come to a conclusion, or or not, but we'll get to that in a second. But I know that uh, our friends at MegaWare Keelguard have certainly been cheering us both on, and I think they've kind of been nipping at our ears, each of us, Kurt, to how to set each other up for failure. But, uh, <laughs> you know, they, they, they've had a lot of fun with this process, and of course, MegaWare has been with us since day one, uh, certainly as Christmas approaches. Please keep them in mind for all the Christmas gifts, but uh, the Flex Step, I mean, that thing has just been flying off the shelves. Of course, their staple product, the original do-it-yourself, keel protector, keel guard, skeg guard, so many things, and certainly everybody can check those out at keelguard.com, but Kurt, I guess now the uh, proof is in the pudding because the announcement was made on social media concerning the challenge, the little wager that you and I had going on. That's right, Aaron. The fun wager that we had is now concluded. There's some excitement in the conclusion of, of the challenge. There's also some motivation with the conclusion of the challenge. You know, it's obviously had an impact on me. I've lost a few pounds here, Aaron. You know, this wasn't a weight loss thing. It's really all about, you know, the challenge of being physically fit and what that does in reference to having a healthy body will create a healthy mind, a healthy soul, and in our perspective here on Bass Edge Radio, improve performance and fishing. It all goes together and it's a great time of year to talk about this, not just because we have completed this F45 challenge, but also because it's a great time of year to kind of assess where we are and what we want to change moving forward and uh, what a better potential resolution that we could all have to be in a better state of mind by having a healthier body. No doubt. And I see it really as a starting point, Kurt, you know, the developing those habits over the, you and I, I think actually went at it for about 10 or 11 weeks versus is just the normal eight yeah. weeks, but uh, just with the body scan and that that I've done, uh, consciously eating better, reduction of coffee and soda and all those kinds of things, makes it a lot easier now to start the year kind of being pointed in that direction. And and certainly above all things, Kurt, even beyond just the benefits that you and I and those that participated, I know we had several Bass Edge listeners actually participating in that, but also our respective charities, yours being your kids camp, fishing camp, bass camp that you do every year. What a fantastic charity, a fantastic opportunity to get behind to introduce young people into the sport of bass fishing and give them a talent and a skill and an experience that'll last them forever. And then of course, mine being the, uh, who we just had on last episode, which was All Secure Foundation, Tom and Jen Satterley, dealing with uh, families that suffer from post-traumatic stress. Each of them got a thousand dollars, Kurt, and I know that's going to go a long ways for both of them. Yeah, Aaron, it's it's a huge deal just great to be able to support these organizations yet at the same time do it in a in a fashion where we're we're all just really trying to turn around and support ourselves because it all starts within right so that's an important facet big shout out to the folks up there at the F45 right there by your hometown yeah, F45, Ellisville, Colin and Brandon getting after it and really, uh, quite honestly, keeping you and I from going insane and quitting, actually. <laughs> you know, one thing I've also learned from this, Aaron, is it's not just saying that you're going to do it. It's cutting out and carving the time to get it done. Just like anything in life, you have to be committed to the process. And it's not something that's just easy. You know, it's not like we're sitting here saying, hey, well, we just decided to do this challenge and all of a sudden we just cut it up. There was roadblocks and things to overcome come throughout this process, which uh, sets us in a better position to be more successful in the future. So no doubt, just, yeah, it's, it's just an important concept in life to be healthy, live long, live well, and be successful. 
successful. For sure. And uh, certainly we'll see, Kurt. We'll touch base on it every once in a while throughout 2020 and just kind of check in. But uh, I know that's certainly at the top of my goals and resolutions for uh, 2020 is to continue that process and see where it goes. Well, as important as all this is, Aaron, we're going to continue on with the fishing concept here at Bass Edge Radio. So um, y'all stay tuned. We've got a little tip coming up for you brought to you by protecttheharvest.com. This week's Tackle Tip presented by ProtectTheHarvest.com with Bass Edge's very own Kurt Dove. Great tackle tip for all Bass Edge Nation, pressured waters, spinning reels. You hear a lot of anglers, you know, shying away. I don't use the fairy wand. I don't use the spinning rod. I'm going to tell you what, spinning rods are going to put more fish in your boat. There is going to be a time when you fished for several hours and haven't gotten a bite. Might need to go ahead and downsize to get more in tune with what the fish are doing they can help you then lead up to more power fishing but first you got to get the bites get the confidence going here's a couple of quick things i want to throw out to you that's going to make your spinning rod and spinning gear fishing a little bit easier for you number one line choice for spinning gear you want to make sure you're using smaller pound test 15 pound test way too big line diameter won't come off the spinning reel easily and you won't be able to cast very far always want to recommend using smaller line sizes six eight ten twelve pound test maximum if you really need to upgrade use braided line and then tie on a smaller fluorocarbon leader that way you can still move the fish if you need to add them around some cover second thing filling the spool you got to know how to fill the spool when you put the braid on it's not quite as important if you're using braid as backing and then a floor leader but if you're doing straight fluorocarbon very important to lay the spool flat on a surface start winding in drop the line see if the line stays in a natural oval manner if it is not you need to flip the line over on its other side and then continue filling the spool but you always want to check and make sure your line is not twisting really important getting the twists out if you do get some line twist after you fished a while or you're using a lure that's causing some line twist cut off your lure throw it out behind the boat or down the bank if you're on the bank fishing and let that line out and then drag it for a little while reel it back in with no lure on the end that's going to help you keep your line twist out next thing always close the bail by hand you never want to click it in gear and have the bail come over while you're reeling that's going to also cause line twists it's going to give you more frustrations as you continue using the spinning rod outfit so make sure you always close the bail by hand a lot of people have problems with distance management feather with your four fingers going to be critical for you to be able to get the proper distance management when you're throwing your lures target casting that type of thing that's going to help you with your spinning rod management and the final thing is don't reel against the drag as we talked about earlier a lot of times you're going to be using some smaller pound test 8 10 maybe 12 but using that smaller pound test you want to make sure you lock that drag in so you're not going to break those big fish off because little baits do catch big fish and make sure when you don't reel against the drag if you're reeling against the drag you're essentially twisting your line in the spool as it's coming out so again just something that you don't want to do fight those fish effectively let that drag peel out when the fish stops pulling as much and you're gaining momentum back then start reeling again these are some great tips and a long tip, but put these in place for your spinning rod techniques and you're gonna be more successful out there on the water. Great tip, Kurt, thanks. From protecttheharvest.com. First by land and now by sea. For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and marine products. Visit lucasoil.com. Nitro Performance Bass Boats. Get pro-level performance with the Nitro Z18, the official boat of Major League Fishing. The Z18, with its nimble handling and versatility, sports many of the features in the larger boats in the line, like a Guardian Livewell, a heavily insulated cooler, dual 8-foot rod storage, and our smooth and fast NVT hull. Every Nitro boat is laid out to do one thing very well, catch fish. 
Enormous front decks up to 45 square feet on the Z21 allow maximum mobility when battling unruly bass and feature low-profile gunnels for ease of skipping, pitching, flipping, or landing fish. Nitro Performance Bass Boats, pure fishing machines. Kurt, every time I feel like, you know, things are calming down, and certainly, you know, we've said this many times before, but Bass Edge is about bringing fishing education, and we do that through our professional anglers like yourself, but uh, there seems to be some moving pieces on the chessboard. Nothing seems to sit still very long in the world of competitive fishing. These last couple of years has just been kind of a crazy deal, man. It's uh, organizations coming, going, changing. You have the uh, new announcement of the NPS. FL starting in 2020, which is an additional organization that could be coming into fruition. And it's 2020 in the tournament world. I think the best advice that I give anybody is if you're able to follow your heart, follow your heart. If you need to follow business aspects, like if you're already fishing at a full-time level and, um, you know, make good business decisions because it's hard enough to make a valued and good living in this industry. And so keeping decisions together in a business acumen is really, really important to, um, you know, just keep the the pro angler viability going forward. Now, you know, obviously in Bass Edge Nation, we got lots of weekend anglers, people coming through. I think where the MLFLW has kind of set us up for is the first time a broad spectrum platform going from entry level to a highest level and the Bassmaster concept is still there. They're adding some things and, and moving and shaking and kind of creating their platforms to draw anglers there as well. But the important thing is that, you know, as a fishing community, we're all in this, be positive, support what you're going to do, promote what you're going to be doing, but let's not get negative on everybody. I've seen a lot of negativity almost comes into the political aspect of what we see on the national stage from politics in Washington, DC. I hate to see that yeah. in the bathroom, man. It's just a negative environment, man. Let's let's be positive. Let's smile. Let's let's wish everyone the best, and you know, just move forward in a positive manner for the entire sport of fishing, not just segmented one place or another. So, um, yeah, man, it's just been a wild time. But um, my two cents is make good decisions for yourself, but be positive for everybody around. Yeah, no doubt. And speaking of being positive, probably one of the most positive, amped up, just contagious guys that I know is next up. I mean, hats off to you for uh, ending out the 2019 Bass Edge series with him. But uh, pretty exciting stuff, Kurt. Yeah, Scott Martin on the show coming up. We've got him on the line. He's made a pretty big move, Aaron. So we're going to talk about his movements and what he plans to do in 2020. Then, of course, checking in on some South Florida fishing and just the overall business that Scott Martin puts in place. So stay tuned right here. Bass Edge Radio is going to be back with an exciting interview. I am professional angler Stetson Blaylock. This is Bassmaster Elite Series Pro Bill Lowen. This is FLW Rayovac Champion Brian Schmidt. This is Lucas Oil Pro Mark Rose. This is FOW Tour Pro Dylan Hayes. This is MLF Bass Pro Tour Angler Mike McClellan. I am Delta Force Command Sergeant Major Tom Satterley, and you're dialed in with Aaron and Kurt on Bass Edge Radio. Of protecting your investments. So, why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat? MegaWare Keel Guard. Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do it yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat. Guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also for MegaWare Keel Guard, Skeg Guard, Flex Step Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWare Keel Guard. Saving arguably maybe our best for last year in our final Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight for 2019. A returning guest here on the podcast had a good year by his standards on the FLW Tour, which would be an excellent year by most anglers' standards. Coming to you from South Florida, great to have on the show, Scott Martin. We appreciate you being here with us on Bass Edge Radio, Scott. 
Oh, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. I'm glad I was, I'm able to make it. I'm sitting down here in Florida, getting ready to do some more fishing here soon. The bass are starting to bite on Okeechobee, and I'm kind of getting antsy, but it's good to hang out with you guys, talk a little bass fishing. It's that time of the year where everybody's getting amped up for the upcoming season. It is, and you know, for your northern brethren like me up here, Scott, I'm kind of in the frozen tundra and dreaming about uh, the warm temperatures coming, but definitely it helps having you on the line and being able to kind of talk strategy and talk knowledge. But before we dive off into the uh, baits and the stick mentality. There have been some additional movements in the industry pertaining to the larger tournament competition organizations. You've made your intentions clear. How excited are you to get this season going in progress uh, with the new direction? Well, I'm real excited. You know, it's a new beginning for me. I've devoted 20 years to the FLW Tour and had great success over there. The FLW guys have presented me with an unbelievable platform for all these years, and I've had great success. Made a lot of wonderful, wonderful friends. And with the landscape changing. You know, I've decided to spend my time and effort uh, on the Bassmaster Tour. I'm going to do the Opens, and so we're kicking off the season here just in about 30 days or so, up uh, not too far from uh, where I live at Kissimmee. So I'm excited about it. I've never focused solely on Bassmaster, and that's what I'm going to be doing uh, going forward. And I'm, I'm excited about the new challenges ahead and, and the new fisheries and the new friends I'm going to meet. And, uh, you know, some of the old ones will be there with me as well, but I'm excited about the whole new uh, adventure. Scott, it's going to be a wonderful progression to watch. Um, You're so awesome at putting your career, your fishing intuitive process in front of the masses. And I, for one, I'm excited to watch and see how you progress through this process. You attack it from really kind of a different angle. You know, it's still fishing, yes, but um, you've kind of placed yourself in an area where you have some amazing lofty goals. Like you've said in the past, you know, if you don't have big goals, why well, have goals at all, right? You know, go for the top. So um, it, it's right. going to be a lot of fun to to follow along. And honestly, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be neat. You know, with what we do on YouTube, following the, the tournaments, I'm excited about bringing the fan base along on the open division. You know, that's a hard division to accomplish success on. I mean, you've got 200 anglers in each one of those events. You know, some of them are regional or local anglers, and you've got elite series anglers mixed in the group. And you got skill levels from all levels competing to try to win those tournaments and it's tough. I mean, I look at that path that I'm on right now as being probably one of the most challenging ones I've had in many years. And so I'm excited about bringing the the fans along. I think they're going to enjoy seeing me roll my sleeves up and just get down and dirty with everybody. I'm excited about it. I've got butterflies in my stomach. I'm I'm, (laughs) I'm having dreams. I'm having, I literally wake up with dreams of me competing in tournaments and, and uh, the stress level is at an all time high right now. And, And that, but at the end of the day, that's what drives me. If you don't have that fire and you don't have that vision of success with whatever you're doing, you're not going to succeed. And that's really where it boiled down for me. It's like, where does my heart lead me? Where does my passions lead me? What goals do I have in my career to fight for? And, you know, winning an elite series tournament is one, winning a Bassmaster Open series tournament is another. And then, of course, the, the biggest goal of them all is to try to win a Bassmasters Classic for my dad. You know, all the success that he had for all those years win in 19 tournaments, come in second 19 times. A lot of people don't know that, but he came in second 19 times. And I'm glad at the path that I took, you know, dad fished bass for all those years. And when I started my career 20 years ago, I said to myself, you know, I want to go out and do it on my own. I want to do things my way. I don't want people to say, oh, you're riding your dad's coattail. So I, I, you know, I focused on the FLW tour and have zero regrets from it. They provided me a great platform all those years to do it. But now it's time to kind of come full circle and really try to accomplish some of those goals, you know. And you never know where the future will land me in five or 10 years from now. But for right now, my focus is to win an open, win an elite series tournament. And the biggest goal of all, of course, is win the Bassmasters Classic. And I don't say that lightly. I mean, there's only been a handful of people win that tournament over all these years. And so it's a lofty goal. But again, you got to have goals. I look at every one of the victories on my shelf right now in my office, and I can tell you a story about a goal that represents each one of those victories on that shelf. None of them happened just by chance. None of them was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just won the tournament. They all happened with the goal in mind with some story behind it and that's how I've always been driven and for me if I don't have that passion and that drive I'm not going to be successful and and that's where I'm at well Scott love to talk about the tournament things and kind of get that process from you but what amazes me is is your business acumen in the industry you've made some awesome moves over the past three or four years that has really elevated you into several media platforms social media platforms YouTube that most tournament angles 
wrestlers have not really realized the same success. And 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 I'm not talking about the Kurt Dubs of the world. I'm talking about A-listers like the Scott Martins, the Kevin Van Dams, the Michael Iaconellis, the, you know, a lot of the A-list names in this sport. How have you been able to adapt so well to promotion and branding in these multifaceted platforms? You know, for me, it was always about never being satisfied. It was always about me trying to do something cutting edge and try to stay ahead of the curve with social media and TV and, and digital. And for me, I'm always looking at what's the next big thing that's coming and trying to balance, you know, my fishing abilities, my fishing career and family life and all of those other things that require a lot of time. And so I've always tried to keep a good balance in there, but really it's all about trying to stay one step ahead. And as much as I enjoy tournament fishing, I enjoy producing content. I really do. Uh, You know, I've grown up with dad doing his TV show for all these years. And so being around that and watching how that works, I was always very intrigued by that. And I wanted to get into the TV world, which I did years ago. And that's been very successful. But, you know, with the digital market and the next generation of anglers coming up, that's the best way to connect with them is through social media, through YouTube and online platforms. And so, you know, for me, that was it. How can I separate myself, not only to the fans, but also to the industry? And that's really been always what I'm thinking about. You know, there's guys like uh, Brian Thrift, which is arguably one of the best anglers in the world. And he focuses 100% on fishing. He does some social media and he does good with what he does, but he's pretty much focused on his fishing. And for me, I have to divide that time up a little bit. So a good balance is the key to my success, because if I overload myself too much in one facet, then something else is going to suffer. But yeah, I just enjoy it. Being able to connect with the young next generation has just been awesome. Well, speaking of the young and the next generation, you know, Scott, hard to believe that the three of us having this conversation, we used to be considered the young and the next generation. And I was telling Kurt earlier, I said, since I've talked to him last, I said, I think I've gotten hearing aids and glasses. But anyway, neither here nor there. Um, You know, something that they might not know is that I would, if you don't mind sharing this with Bass Edge Nation, is just kind of uh, your namesake. And uh, I think it's kind of cool when you throw out your goals of winning the Open, winning an Elite Series and winning a Classic. Can you share how your name originated, if you don't mind? Yeah, it's a neat story. You know, I call this this upcoming season the, the road to the Elites and the road to the Classic. And again, it's like going full circle in a way. You know, my dad, he started with Ray Scott and Bassmasters back when it very first started back in the 60s. And uh, my dad used to travel around and do all the tournaments and everything and did that for all those years. But when I was born, my mom had me and my dad was out in the waiting room and the doctor came out and said, uh, Roland, you've, you've got a brand, brand new baby boy. And so he was excited, went in and saw me and, and uh, they hadn't settled on a name at that time. They had several that they were kicking around. And so my dad sat there for a little bit. He was so excited. He went out and called Ray Scott, which is obviously for those that might not know, Ray Scott is the founder of Bass, B-A-S-S. And uh, my dad called Ray Scott from the payphone in the waiting room and uh, told Ray, Ray, I've got a brand new baby boy. And, and Ray was excited and, and asked, what, what are you going to name him? What's his name? And, and my dad's, well, we haven't quite figured out the name yet. We've got a couple we're working on. And for those that know Ray, Ray's always selling something. You know, he's always working an angle. So he says, well, I'll tell you what, Roland, I got a great idea. How about you name him? If you name him after me, uh, I'll give that young man a, a lifetime membership to Bass. <laughs> and my dad thought, well, that's a heck of a deal. <laughs> so he, he went back in the uh, delivery room with my mom and me. I'm laying on laying on her chest and, and told my mom, hey, I just got off the phone with Ray. And, and he suggested we might name him Ray. And as a matter of fact, he said he'd give him a lifetime membership to Bass. <laughs> my mom looked at me for a minute and said, I just can't do Ray. I mean, I, I just, he doesn't look like a Ray. I don't think I can call him Ray. Ray, he's just not a Ray. And so they sat there for a minute and, and my and my dad said, well, what about Scott? You know, Ray Scott. What about Scott? And my mom looked at me again and said, well, I like that. That actually works. Good. I, he, he looks like a Scott. That's what we'll name him. So right then and there, within a, an hour of me being born, uh, I was given the name Scott after Ray Scott and ended up getting a lifetime membership at that moment. So, uh, you know, it's, I, 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 I guess... <laughs> yeah, Peyton Full. I was kind of born into bass, which is a neat story. And I think it's just kind of gone full circle. So I'm super excited about, you know, what's coming up this uh, this next year. And obviously, like I said, I've got a lot of work ahead of me, but I'm excited about it. Dad's excited about it. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Great stuff. 
You talked a little bit earlier about juggling so many things on the business side effectively. Let's review some of those things. You got SMC, Scott Martin Challenge. Um, that's your television yeah. show. You've got the uh, YouTube channel, which is well over 300 plus thousand followers. Obviously, yeah. you work for lots of sponsorships and do a lot of personal events and sponsor-oriented events. Is there anything else that you currently have that you're juggling? First question. And, and then second question is, you make goals for your fishing success. What what are your coming goals for your business success? Well, obviously, to keep the pedal to the metal on the TV show and the digital platforms that we're growing. You know, we're at 400, almost 500,000 now on YouTube. 500,000. We're growing pretty fast. It's, it's, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, fast. It's, yeah it's, it's awesome. It's growing quick. And, you know, what's next on those platforms? I'm not real sure. You know, I mean, I, I want to keep a good pulse on the industry and what media means to the sponsors and to the industry. And so, you know, more TV, obviously, more digital stuff. One thing that I'm doing, I'm really excited about is I'm, I'm going to be taking delivery of a big saltwater boat. It's a Freeman. It's a 42-foot Freeman. It's a big offshore boat. And, uh, you know, living here in Florida, we have a house down in the Keys. I spent a lot of time saltwater fishing. That's kind of my little passion. You know, whenever it's summertime comes around and there's no tournaments, people want to know what you go do. And I actually go saltwater fishing. So I really enjoy spending time in the ocean, catching dolphin and catching snook and sailfish and all the different things. And so this boat is going to open up. We're going to start a, a charter service down in the Keys with this boat. Oh, and so cool. we'll have that boat available for people to come down and enjoy uh, some time on the water. And I'll be doing some long-range trips to the Bahamas and to Louisiana and all over the South uh, with this boat, doing a lot of cool adventures. And that's something that I want to try to develop a little bit more on the digital side is some of our saltwater experiences that we're going to be doing, which I think is neat. So, you know, a lot of guys tap into the hunting market yes. that love to fish. You know, you think of Hank Parker that got into the hunting and Jimmy Houston that got into hunting. Even my dad likes to hunt a lot. And and I like hunting, but hunting is not my passion. You know, I don't wake up dreaming about a big buck. I, I wake up thinking about a big sailfish or a big tarpon or something like that. So I want to develop the saltwater side of things. So that way, 10 years from now, I'll hopefully be very well-versed in the saltwater world as well, as, as equal as I am in the, in the freshwater. So that's kind of my next venture. Not to take anything away from uh, freshwater uh, bass right. fishing, but I want to develop the saltwater side of things going forward. And so I'm excited about that. Yeah, man, that sounds awesome. Working with Hayabusa, you know, kind of our foundation at Hayabusa Fishing Hooks is the saltwater market. I've been trying to get to know that a lot more. Obviously, it's fishing. So there's some parallels there with freshwater Absolutely. fishing. Absolutely. Fish. But in the marketing aspect and in the uh, social media and, and those types of platforms, it's a different little animal. So it's uh, it's cool to see you kind of work to marry those two together. And it's going to be a lot of fun great challenge to watch too this has been a great look into the business side of angling we're going to take a short pause in the action sure. return talk some more bass fishing stay tuned with me and aaron and scott martin here on bass edge radio patented in 2000 perfected over years of testing and real world punishment the power pole is the ultimate shallow water boat positioning tool swift power pole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat Virtually silent, Power Pole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong current or gusting winds in up to eight feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. Power Pole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge Radio is presented in part by Mercury Marine Returns with professional angler Scott Martin in the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. That's right, Lucas Oil high-performance marine products for oil that surpasses all manufacturer's requirements. Be sure to visit the BassEdge.com store for free shipping on all Lucas products. It works. Scott, always interesting. Lots of the major tournament organizations start fishing down there in your neck of the woods in Florida. What season do you consider late December in Florida? I mean, you got fall, winter, pre-spawn, lots of stuff going on down there. What patterns do you work accordingly to the seasonal behavior pattern where more understanding of in other parts of the country? You know, it's an interesting thing to think of Florida because Florida, and you know, people always say, man, you've done so well across the country, you know, for example, catching smallmouth like I have at Champlain and some of the smallmouth fishers that we go to at St. Clair. I always seem to somehow wrangle those in the live well pretty good. And, you know, right. there's not a smallmouth in the state of Florida, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> and then, you know, not very many docks that we skip and not many crankbait opportunities 
opportunities, not many jerk bait opportunities, you know, so Florida is kind of a one dimensional thing, but December is a great month in the state of Florida because typically the fish are really gearing up for the spawn. Depending on where you're at in South Florida, like here at Lake Okeechobee, the spawn is in full swing right now, but you take a place just two hours up the road at Kissimmee and the fish are not spawning yet. So you kind of have that little line that's just above Lake Okeechobee that is kind of still the winter time up there. So those fish, you know, are going to be flipping is a big deal this time of the year, throwing chatterbaits is a big time for this year, uh, you know, pre-spawn type situations, big swim baits. And so, you know, it's a fun time. You can catch some of the biggest fish of the year in December and January here in Florida because those fish are really getting fat. They're getting geared up. They're starting to position themselves in the spawning areas. And uh, it's a lot of fun, but it really doesn't correlate very well with any other part of the country. You know, you take anywhere else in December in the country and it's either hard water or super, super cold. And uh, I remember going to uh, Table Rock years ago, early in the season, the FLW tour event. We went there like in February, which was super early. It was snowing. And I remember talking to guys saying, oh yeah, we're catching them on jerk bits. We're letting them pause for like 30 seconds. And I'm like, what? (laughs) 30 seconds, you know? So at the same time, you're down in South Florida throwing swim baits on the top of the water, getting top water strikes. So, uh, you know, it's completely different. But I think that's really been a little bit of my success over the years is when I leave the state of Florida and I go to other lakes, I'm really a student at that point. It's not like I go to a lake and go, oh, yeah, I'm skipping docks. I I do that all the time. Or, hey, I'm throwing a jerkbait. I do that all the time. Everything's kind of new to me. And so it kind of keeps a little pep in my step, if that makes sense. So as I'm out there and I start catching fish on a jerkbait or a drop shot or a crankbait, or whatever it may be, fishing stuff that I'm completely not used to fishing, it gets me excited. And that little extra momentum, you know what it is, Kurt, when you're out yeah. there fishing in Aaron, when, when all of a sudden, you know, you're not real sure what's going on and then you start developing something and you get excited about it. When you get excited, you see things clearly, you fish better, you're way in tune with what's going on and you'll usually catch a lot more fish. And I think it's helped me living here in Florida because when I do go on the road, it's like a new playground for me. And so I get excited about it. Sometimes it takes me a little while to figure it out. I'm not the best at figuring out on day one of practice and most of the time halfway through day two i'm still completely lost but at some point i start figuring it out you know but it gives me that extra little bit of excitement and uh, and momentum when i start catching i think that's been a little bit of a secret to my success and you know that that i've started to notice over the years of how i fish when i leave the state real quick on strategy for next year you talked a little bit about kind of developing those patterns and you know it takes time and with the flw tour you've been used to practice in three days yeah do you have some strategy in place for the open series do you think that you'll take a little bit extra time for practice of course as we know there's a lot of anglers that are spending more time practicing those open-ended practice scenarios so how do you plan on working that for right right now you know i've made my calendar in my phone and uh i plan on getting to the destinations on saturday night and fishing sunday monday and then you get about a half a day tuesday so i'm not really going to give myself too much extra time i may adjust that slightly if we go to a place that i'm completely not familiar with or maybe some of these fisheries that have some long range opportunities, you know, maybe some real far runs or some things that are kind of off the wall type stuff that I can go expand on. Living here in Florida, I'm seven hours from the state line. So all these years of, of, of fishing the FLW tour, I never really took advantage of taking off and going to Alabama or North Carolina, you know, two weeks before the tournament and spending three or four days. The few times that I have done that, it really to be honest with you, has hurt me, especially in the spring. Summertime, not so much, but especially in the spring, those fish are leaving and moving. You know, every two or three days, they're somewhere else. They're doing something totally different based on the weather, the moon, et cetera. And I found that too much practice, it hurts me. For example, if I showed up at a tournament six or seven days before the event started, whatever you figure out the first two or three days, in the back of your mind, you know it's going to change, but somehow you keep Funneling back to those same areas, trying to make things, trying to push it. Mm-hmm. And I would rather just keep it out of my mind. And I want to find fish that are coming to me those last day or two of practice. Those are the tournaments that you do well in. The fish that are coming to you, not leaving. And uh, those long practices, a lot of times, will get you in trouble. Yes. Yeah. Okay, great stuff. Great advice. And, uh, you know, just to add on that too, Scott, something you said earlier, as far as you always being a student and showing up and learning, I think that compiled and, and combined with just your energy, I mean, it's contagious. You know, you can tell every time that I've ever talked to you over the 
the course of several years, you know, dude, you are always fired up to talk and to actually go fishing. And I mean, it gets me fired up, you know? So uh, I, I got a great story on that, actually. I'm, I'm very close friends with uh, Bradley Holm and, and Scott yeah. and Bradley have done a few shows together. They're also uh, close friends. You know, every time that Brad comes back from spending some time with Scott, he's just in amazement of like this energizer bunny, like nonstop, always moving, <laughs> always going somewhere, scheduling this, scheduling that, arriving to location, doing the fishing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The energy level is off the chain. So with that being said, what's the secret of the energy level? Dude? <laughs> well, you know what it is for me? It's the fear of losing. It's the fear of not being successful. It's the fear of not providing a living for my family. You know, yeah. I, I do this hundred percent on my own. You know, I, I don't have a big trust fund sitting back. Like probably a lot of people think because my dad's been successful. And, you know, he does his thing. I do mine. I've done everything so far on my own and I'm proud of that. But at the same time, you have to fight for it. And the day that you go out on these tournaments and think like, oh man, like every time I've gone to Champlain, I've won there three times and I'm still in amazement that I've won there three times, but I've never gone to Champlain thinking to myself, oh man, I'm going to kick butt. I mean, this is Champlain. I fish with a certain level of fear, and that drives me to get out of bed. It drives me to fish that last hour of the day. It drives me to keep thinking of plan A, B, C, D, and E. You know, I know so many people over the years, and you've seen, you've seen it, Kurt and Aaron, where, you know, at these tournaments, and I've seen guys, they come in and they go, yeah, I'm coming in early today. I already know what I'm doing. Yeah, I've got it figured out, man. I'm catching them good in practice. I'm going to come in early, get my tackle ready. I'm going to go to the tackle shop. I'm going to take a day off. And every time I've heard someone say that over the years, the tournament starts, and it's always an excuse. I don't know what happened to those fish, man. I just didn't catch them. Like those guys never do well. And it's because you didn't fight to the very last minute. I can look back at uh, so many tournaments that I've made Hail Mary decisions the last two or three hours of practice and something clicked and I got something put together that made sense to me that I ended up riding either to a victory or to a real high place finish. And that's what it is. You can't rest on your laurels. You can't quit. You got to keep fighting for it. And these lakes change every single year. The weather's different everywhere you go all the time. It's never the same. It never is. Even though we go to a lake the same month every year, it's never the same. I love it. And you just gave me an idea because you know me, Scott. I'm all about the marketing. I've got a new product that you should do. It's going to be your own energy drink. It's going to be pure tap water, and it's going to be called Scott Martin Cautious Optimism, and that's that's, that's the way. It's, right. That's what it's going to read, and that's it's just, right. it's just water. That's right. So SMC dude, Scott Martin Cautious. That's right. That's right. Hey, how are things progressing there in South Florida? You know, basically, it's understood that um, I don't want to say several, but certainly a number of fisheries have been struggling to overcome the effects of the vegetation control, nearly you know obliterating the ecosystem in some cases. I know a lot of folks love to come to Florida and fish during the winter months. Can you give us your overall? assessment going into 2020? Yeah, you know, right now we're, we've got a lot of grass on Lake Okeechobee. We've got five times more grass this year than we had last year, which is a great thing. So we've got a lot of eel grass on the lake right now, which is good. We've got a, actually, from what I heard, we've got like 20-something thousand acres of submerged vegetation, which is up from 5,000 last year, which was basically none. Wow. And so uh, that's good. You know, there's so many factors that go into the grass disappearing. One is obviously the spring. You know, they spray the water hyacinths, and when you spray the water hyacinths, you get a lot of collateral damage around the area from cattails and submerged vegetation that really takes a hit on that. So we got to stop the spraying. We've got to really get the spraying under control completely. We got to really just pretty much stop it and get to mechanical harvesting. We can't put thousands and thousands of gallons of chemicals in the water every year throughout the whole state of Florida and expect these fisheries to stay healthy. So they're going to have to invest money in mechanical harvesting. They're going to have to really take a step back and look at how important grass is to these lakes. You know, we're all about clean water. And grass is the only thing that filters the water. The water doesn't filter itself. You need grass to filter it. And so I'm a big advocate for reducing spraying tremendously, like 90%. There are times, right? There are times that they're going to have to go in and spray a certain area due to overrun invasive species grass. But for the most part, we need mechanical harvesting. Uh, Also, we need to take a little break from these hurricanes and tropical storms that we've had over the last 10 years. We've had a lot of direct hits in these fisheries, and it's really churned up the bottom. I think it's really changed the seeds in the soil. It's covered some of them up. It's moved some around. It's changed the dynamic a little bit. 
Will the state rebound? I think it will. Again, if we can get the spring under control, I think the grass will come back. And also paying attention to water levels. That's the biggest killer right now is extreme high water and extreme low water. Because believe it or not, when you get all this nice grass growing in these bays with three or four foot of water in them, and then the lake drops down below that littoral zone, you dry those areas out so you end up losing all that grass. So paying attention to water levels and reducing spraying by a tremendous amount is the key to this. And so, you know, we've got everybody involved. There's some good momentum going towards that way. I think everybody's in agreement that we've got to quit the spraying. So it's just a matter of time. But right now, Okeechobee is fishing good. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of eelgrass. So anybody that's listening to this and want to come out, get away from the cold and catch some big giant bass, December and January here on Lake Okeechobee is going to be phenomenal. The water levels are a little on the low side, but that makes it so much fun for topwater fishing, swim baits, sight fishing, all the different things that you can do with this water being a little low. It's just making the fishing great. That's a great report. Appreciate you taking the time to give us that. Always, I love going down in the state of Florida, especially in the in the wintertime. Uh, as Scott mentioned, late December, January, February, even into March, you know, there's always that opportunity to catch that big fish, similar to here in South Texas. But, uh, man, I love fishing the vegetation. You know, it's just a lot of fun. So many ways to attack that. So uh, great report there. And thanks for sharing that information, Scott. we got to take a couple of listener questions. Man, we've yeah. been having some amazing interaction with our listeners uh, through our social media, them sending us emails. This segment of the show presented by Nitro Performance Bass Boats. Uh, Scott, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you this first one. And uh, this right. comes from Jensen Miller. So Jensen asks, when having a rough tournament, and start getting into a funk what are some ways you pull yourself out of that funk just keep fishing you know if you have a bad tournament i dwell on it you know look i'm gonna beat myself up over it for about a day or two and then i wipe it off the slate and i try to get out there and just go fishing you go back home get on a body of water that you're comfortable with and cross some eyes. I mean, that, that's really what, what it boils down to. It's all about momentum and it's all about that instinct because fishing is all about the instinct of making decisions on the water. So I treat fishing as momentum. I treat it as making decisions. And when decisions work, that gives me momentum. So I don't put a number like how many fish I want to catch in a day. I just say, look, I'm going to try something and make try to make it work. And I'll keep adjusting until it does. And when that happens, whether it's just catching two or three fish or even 10 or 15, that gives you that momentum of making good decisions. That's what it boils down to is making good decisions. I don't know how many times I have wake up in the morning and I'm driving to the boat ramp. Actually, when I, when I go to these tournaments, I like to stay about 30 minutes away from blast off because it gives me that little bit of time in the morning driving to the boat ramp where I'm kind of dissecting my previous day. I'm kind of dissecting what's going on for the weather for that day. I'm trying to make good decisions, and there's so many times that I've changed my game plan in that 20 or 30 minutes on the way to the boat ramp. And so I like to be quiet a little bit. I like to just sit there and think about it and try to figure out what I can do different, and that's what it boils down to. Uh, good stuff, getting in the zone. And, Scott, uh, another question was asked by Matthew Hood, and Matthew states, my biggest struggle in tournament fishing is finding that kicker fish, the fish that sets you up above the rest of the bags. How do you go about practicing slash looking for that big fish? You know, every lake's so different. It's, it's a hard question to answer. But the most of the big fish I've ever caught is when I've just slowed down just a little bit. Uh, here on Okeechobee, it's a lesson that I've learned over the years. And I've seen people, you know, you talk to people that come here to Florida that live in other, like Michigan, for example. And they come here and they're, they're used to fishing for smallmouth and aggressive bass and they fish too fast they're chunking spinner baits they got the trolling motor on 80 they're flying around all over the place and they're catching fish but they're not catching the ones that make a difference in these tournaments and so for me it's just slowing down you know what i mean settling in putting those blinders on and settling down just a little bit i don't spend too much time there's a balance between you know i don't want to stay in an area too long if it's not working but i give myself enough time to dissect something methodically, and then I'll make an adjustment at, at that point, but just slowing down a little bit. I, I can think back at all the big fish I've caught on a chatterbait, and I, I bet you guys will agree. How many times you have been fishing a chatterbait, and you're reeling it and reeling it, and you're feeling that vibration, and you slow it down just a little bit, maybe kick that grass a little bit more, or just kind of get it closer to the bottom, and then boom, it goes slack, and you set it, and it's the biggest one of the day. It's just slowing down just a hair, and staying off that trolling motor a little bit, and just really paying attention to what's around you, and making those real accurate casts, and really 
dissecting those areas a little bit in the right amount of time. Yeah, great stuff. Scott, thanks for doubling down and taking both of those questions. Jensen and Matt, we appreciate you sending those in and being answered on the show, but uh, we need you to do one more thing, and that is simply to log on to BassEdge.com, click the Claim Your Prize segment, and let us know that you heard Scott Martin answer your questions on episode 318, and we will get the Bass Edge gift sent directly to you. And a reminder to Bass Edge listeners, send in those questions to the show via our website, BassEdge.com, to have a shot at winning another gift here on Bass Edge Radio in the next several months. Um, You can also email us those questions, support at BassEdge.com, or make sure you log in to Facebook or Instagram or our Twitter media pages. We're always keeping track and looking for feedback there as well. Well, Scott, once again, always a pleasure getting together with you on Bass Edge. And it seems like Kurt and I always have so much that we want to talk about. But because of time constraints, it's, uh, you know, the drill. You've been in media uh, long enough. You've got to stay within those road ditches. But any closing thoughts for the listeners as we uh, begin to shut this down? Yeah, but the biggest thing is just uh, if you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel and you're not subscribed to my uh, Instagram and Facebook, jump on it, the Scott Martin Challenge, and follow along the journey this year. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to see a lot of ups. You're going to see some downs. You're going to see me uh, rolling my sleeves up, getting dirty with everybody, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be stressful, but I think the viewers can learn a lot about tournament fishing this upcoming season watching me try to dissect these lakes and figure out a way that I can make it to the elites and, and again, the road to the classic. Awesome stuff, Scott. I'm going to send you off with our final segment. Four last questions for you. How often you often get to share the boat with your pops, the legendary Roland Martin? Oh, it's awesome. It's awesome to be able to spend time with him. I learn something every day. You know, the biggest thing I've learned from my dad over the years is his ability not to quit. And, you know, talk about home and talking about how I'm always going. Right, right. I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned is to not quit. I've, I've never seen my dad go in early. I've never seen him say the fish aren't biting. Let's go on in and watch TV or anything like that. So he's constantly trying to figure it out. And I think that's the biggest thing I've learned. What is your biggest pet peeve? Oh, uh, man, that's a hard one. Uh, my biggest pet peeve is uh, probably just getting distracted and not staying focused. You know, I, I seem to get a little a little antsy, a little, uh, a little out of whack whenever uh, we get things in balance a little bit. So that's my biggest pet peeve, trying to keep everything on the track. All right. Your most memorable, up to this point, YouTube video. Man, there's so many. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> we did one in Mexico. We did the, the Team USA. We did the, the big international event down in Mexico. And, and James Watson and I were fishing in the t- TV show uh, that we shot afterwards. And I caught a 12-pound, two-ounce bass, my biggest bass ever. And uh, I literally threw my crankbait out. I saw a tree on the panoptics in about 30 foot of water. And I saw two blobs in the top of the tree. I reeled the crankbait. I could see the crankbait on the panoptics. I was going to hit the tree too hard with the crankbait, so I literally stopped reeling for a split second, let the crankbait float up just a little bit, reel it through the tree, and this big mama hit. And I told Watson when it jumped, I said, dude, you got to grab this thing. And the look on his face trying to grab that thing, when he bear-hugged that fish sitting in the seat with his mouth wide open, speechless, it's burned into my memory. It was just an awesome moment uh, for me to catch my personal best and to see Watson's face as he's sitting there holding the 12-pounder. And at the time, we thought it might be 15. I mean, that thing right. was a big old bug-eyed monster. <laughs> that sounds like a good one to go back and check out. I remember a lot of those uh, videos during that time frame. Y'all were whacking some giants down there. So uh, great oh, video. Good. Okay, last one. If you weren't a famous angler, what do you think you'd be up to right now? I'd be like a charter boat captain down in the Keys with a big beard. And I'd be up in the fly bridge yelling down at all the people that, right rod, right rod, rigger, rigger, rigger. I'd be yelling and screaming. I, I love that. I love that. <laughs> so I'd be a charter boat captain. Outstanding, Scott. It's been awesome to have you again on the show, man. Wishing you all the best in your new venture in 2020. It's, uh, it's still the same fishing, but it's definitely a different platform and, and one that a lot of people are going to enjoy uh, being a part of and stay in tune as you, as you do that so well through your media platforms. Bass Edge Nation, hold tight. Aaron and I are going to return back in a moment. You know the importance of protecting your investments. So why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat? MegaWare Keel Guard. Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat. Guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. 
Also from MegaWare Keelguard, Skegguard, FlexStep Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWare Keelguard. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Aaron, I really enjoy talking to Scott. I mean, he's always vibrant, always upbeat, never negative. You know, we talked about that earlier in the show in one of our earlier segments, but he's always positive, never negative, and just kind of doing his thing, doing the things that make Scott turn around, make Scott be what he is in the sport of fishing and just as a human being as well. We talked a little bit about, you know, his uh, energy level, and he wanted to relate that into his tournament performance. I love to relate his energy level into his success as a human being <laughs> because yeah. uh, I think it all comes around full circle. Yeah, no doubt, Kurt. And you know, the other thing that I find amazing, you and I know him personally, but the fact that he's been able to do what he's done under the shadow, not that that's a bad place, but you know, having a dad as Roland Martin, that's such a legend in the sport. A lot of people don't realize Scott has created his own brand and his own method on his own. Now, certainly you could argue, okay, well, he had relationships and stuff like that. And yes, that may or may not be true. But at the end of the day, it's a performance-based business. I don't care if it's YouTube, right? Looking at how many subscribers you had, your sponsors wanting to know where you at in the leaderboard or how many hits are you providing them? What is the pull through? All of that data. I think that's something that uh, Scott has done a very, very good job. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. It was a great interview. Looking forward to, uh, again, as I said, just following along all of these organizations as we uh, go into 2020, seeing the movement of the MPFL and, and how they progress, looking at the um, MLF and the FLW partnership and, you know, push to move each other forward. And then, of course, the uh, Bassmaster platform, which is, you know, kind of more of a tried and true traditional mainstay in our sport. They've been here the longest. So um, yeah, man, it's exciting times. Looking forward to get out there and making some cast. You know, got my rig ready to go. Got it broken in. And Aaron, before we know it, your season, as we know, has already started earlier in the month. And my season starts later in the month of January. So it is time to get ready to go catch some bass and turn 2020 into the vision that we all hope for. That's right. And I, it just amazes me, Kurt, as long as what you and I and, and the Bass Heads brand has been around doing this, you know, it's our 318th episode. And now we close the chapter on another calendar year. But one thing that I do know is that next year presents opportunity for both Bass Edge and Bass Edge Nation, and hopefully for all of us individually. And I think that's what we can take from, you know, Scott's interview today of like what you had mentioned of just being open to seeing those opportunities and embracing, hey, you know what, sometimes you're going to have some downs, you're going to have some ups, but at the end of the day, we do this for fun. I know you and I have a blast doing this, and, and we're very thankful that Bass Edge Nation continues to allow us to do this and for their support. And we ask that you would show that same support to the sponsors that have supported us for so long since we started this thing called a podcast that we didn't even really know what a podcast was back in the day. But uh, regardless, Kurt, what a great year. I look forward to spending 2020 with you and look forward to you getting back into that championship at your level of fishing we'll see what it holds so my friend it's been a pleasure yes aaron completely agreed shutting down another year thankful for all of bass edge nation and looking forward to moving forward into 2020 uh aaron i know you've got some goals set i'm looking forward to watching you accomplish those i've got mine ready to rock and roll and i'm going to take every opportunity and make the absolute most of it and i'm excited about 2020 excited about being another year 
with Bass Edge Radio. That's right. And from all of us at Bass Edge, I also want to say a special thanks to our crew behind the scenes at Bass Edge, which is Steve Leslie, Travis Whitener, Jackie Lee, the rest of the crew. But from all of us, we wish you a wonderful holiday season, a great start to the new year, and look forward to spending another, hopefully, 319 episodes with you in the future. So we will see everybody January 1 on episode 319. Have a great couple weeks, everybody. The Edge is presented by MegaWare Keelguard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Nitro Boats, Lucas Oil, ProtectTheHarvest.com, Mercury Marine, Lowrance Electronics, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com.